If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. It's your free throws because they are free. Fisher Tosopoulos on this one today. Very, very, very special guest. I have known this guest man i guess i should say since he was a kid since uh, we actually tossed we were sneaking him into fraternity parties we snuck him into one of your fraternity parties he had braces uh he though since then has grown up into a tremendous athlete and, and a very accomplished collegiate athlete he's won three national championships in water polo that is and back to back to back he is he is in his first leg of michael jordan and unfortunately he can't go for 15 years otherwise he would be the michael jordan of of water polo but my boy jake stone joining us today jake congratulations on the latest championship and how does how does the back-to-back feel how do you maybe what's the most surreal part of this entire journey for you yeah well first off thank you guys for having me on the show um i think the the last one was definitely a sigh of relief for i think all of us especially the people in my class Mm -hmm. um you know, our coach has always said winning one national championship is hard. Winning a second is, you know, just going through having every target on your back and then going to a third is damn near impossible. And to accomplish, to accomplish it and have it come to light is I, I'm just extremely grateful and I'm really stoked that it happened. But I mean, obviously, I didn't do this alone. I have an amazing team and amazing staff behind all of us that helped us accomplish this, you know, mm-hmm. historic achievement. Thank God you're stoked. If you had won three straight national championships in water polo specifically, and you had not used the word "stoked" in your opening sentence, I would have been like, oh, I mean, "There's a serious, there's a serious problem." I mean, I, I noticed something when I, I was at the uh, first one that you won, which is pretty crazy. Uh, to be at. It was a very cool moment for me, obviously being very tight with your brother, um, but knowing you and your mom, you know, and your journey in this uh, and how hard you worked in high school to kind of get to that point, right? It's a very tight knit community though. So not only is there a target, and it is like that in college sports too. Like a lot of guys these days know each other, especially in basketball with AAU, but they're not staying as long necessarily. 
not only sure. is there a target on your back though, right? Like there are a lot, everyone knows each other. You've been playing water polo with a lot of these guys for a long time. Is, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of the most unique things about college water polo is you grow up and get to know all these people, play with them, play against them. And you basically just see everyone develop and hope to play against them in the future. But it is pretty unique in that even in the stands, everyone knows everyone. Like if you go to a college football game, you're not going to look across the, you know, the field and see someone be like, Oh, I, I know that person. Maybe you will, but not to, you know, the extent that you're looking to your left and your right and someone's mom knows another mom and Oh, that's someone's younger brother. So it's, it's definitely super tight knit. Um, I think with the added Euro aspect, that's probably the only people that you might not know the international kids that come from all over, but yeah, for the most part, all the USA players know who each other are. Mm-hmm. How many teams are in D1? Uh, I don't know the exact number, but I think it's around 30 in D1. Um, but it's it's growing every year. I know we just added, uh, NC, the NC2A added Fullerton to Division One, So the sport's just continuing to grow. You see new programs coming in um, and for instance, teams like Biola, uh, they just made it to their first NCAA tournament appearance. So that was pretty cool just to see the sport growing to where schools that you might not even know or heard of are getting into the mix and competing. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So the What's first the- two, the first two championships shall beat USC the third time you beat UCLA. Mm-hmm. The first two were played in the same pool. Right. And then the third one was a different pool. Uh, no, all three were different. So all three were different. The, okay. The first one was at UCLA. The second was oh, right. at home in Berkeley. And the third was at uh, USC. Yeah. Uh, the first I had two thought, times. Was, I thought I had thought it was USC and USC, but now I remember I had a couple of beers. I, <laughs> and now I remember being at the UCLA pool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny too. In all three of our national championships, we scored 13 goals. And the first one was 13-12 against USC. Mm-hmm. Second one, 13-12 against USC again. And the last one was 13-11. So we kind of like have a joke going amongst our teams that we wish UCLA would have scored a goal in the last second just to get it to 13-12, 13-12, 13-12. That would have been ridiculous, dude. Hey, yeah. Are you, are you going to get a 13 tat? I know you're kind of <laughs> inked up these days. I have a couple of tattoos, yeah. I... Uh, Tucker, you know, he has the Longhorns on his butt, so he's, he's trying to get me to do the same with Cal. Yeah, I mean, dude, let me tell you this. Do no, first of all, you're better than that. Second of all, <laughs> Tucker, your brother, got this Longhorn tattoo when we were roommates. He got it like two and a half months into the semester when he was potentially like, "Hey, like, look, there's a there's a shot that he doesn't make it out of the semester. Yeah. <laughs> he might he might be a one and done in college and and not in a good way. So it, that was a, a bit of a premature strike uh, strike on his part. Um, sure. But well, what have you learned? What did you learn from the first title to the second title, second title to the third t- title, and and now that the third title you have that accomplished? Like, what did you learn maybe in all three runs? Or yeah, even I, even like and if you could connect it to like that'd be cool as well. For sure, yeah. I think um, well to kind of just give a little bit of context. Um, part of the reason that our our journey was just so unique and mm-hmm. just not comparative to the other three peats that have happened in history, which 
Uh, Cal has three of the four three-peats. The only other school to three-peat is SC. Um, but for before our journey started in winning these national championships, we came out of COVID. And COVID was just like for anyone, just no one can really expect that to happen. And it was a challenging leg for us when we don't even have pool time in Berkeley. We're yeah. driving out to San Francisco and playing in the Bay, like jumping in open water and putting a goal out there just to get reps in. So like to go from there and then have this, like be our, you know, our end to my class, especially to experience all of that and get to this point is honestly crazy. And I don't think any of us could have actually seen that happen. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of like coming in first one, we were like, wow, to respond like that from COVID come together as a group when everyone's got their own thing going on, not being able to see family and winning that first one, it was great. Um, and I think to that point, all three of them to connect like the accomplishment is the power of our team is a group. We're just so tight. I mean, the camaraderie amongst everyone, we know that we're not winning this if everyone's not together. Sure. And until you know, quote Steve Sarkeesian, you know, there we go. Uh culture beats talent. And that's kind of what we have. Like I think people see it in how we like our team dynamic functions they see like this team definitely has a really great culture and they have a togetherness that's unlike any other program so i think that's you know that our three-peat is a culmination of us being just in such a tight uh tight group that is gonna have everyone's back no matter what um but i will say the second one was probably the one we are most confident about going into the season, like the first championship, we were definitely underdogs when we played SC. They had an amazing lineup of guys that are on the national team, just stud players playing in Europe now. And to like have that happen, we're like, great. And we still have the same team. We've only lost two guys. We were super confident. When we get to the second championship in the third quarter, we're down by five goals and score six unanswered to come back and win which was insane. Uh, I remember one of my buddy's uh, brothers was in the stands and he got a 110 decibel warning on his Apple watch when we won. It was, it was crazy. It was so loud. Wow. Just like white noise of screaming. So that was, that was super special, especially at home. You have all of Berkeley behind you just rooting you guys on. So that was definitely scary in the end. But I think from the beginning of that season, we were super confident that we were going to win. And then this season, it was just a back and forth of losing our best player for nine games. Our goalie went and played with the national team to qualify for the Olympics. In, Jesus. Uh, yeah, in October, he's that good? I think. Yeah, he's legit. He uh, is right now fighting for a spot to go play in uh, – in wow. Paris, so we're, how tough is that? Sorry, to, to, I know I want to I want to get back to the championships, but how tough yeah, is yeah. it just for the people to know, like, to be an Olympic athlete in this sport? It's incredibly tough. I mean, this the roster is really small. I think it it actually the last Olympics they cut it down to I think thirteen players. Wow. So to be one of thirteen players to represent your country is insane. I mean, these guys go through four years straight of continuous tournaments not really taking time off and 
you know, for players like Adrian, our goalie, he's, you know, going through the college season and immediately when he was done on Monday, he's like back in the weight room, getting in shape, getting ready to go train in Germany. I think he's in Germany right now. Um, and now has like the rest of this spring to just train hard and hope that he, you know, performs well to make the team. But it's almost just like a continuous cycle of here and there, you might have a week off. So is he I mean, the, the majority of those players play in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Professionally, of, and then that's why they train yeah, in okay. Europe because that's the, exactly. the easiest travel wise. I was about to say, yeah. if, if they were training in the state side, right? Like, had to fly back just to do that all the time. That would be, no, it'd be too much. It'd be too much. Yeah. Yeah. And so Adrian is my agent. So for him and all the younger guys that are the collegiate athletes there, there's a stuff because, you know, they're playing their season and flying somewhere else, flying back. Like their transportation is really difficult because they're flying all over the place. Um, but for most of the older guys that are out of college, they're all playing in Europe. And they might have like a, you know, a, a training session uh, out in someplace in Europe, like Spain. And for them, it's easy because they're just hopping on a flight from Italy, Greece, whatever. Sure. Get over to Spain, train for a couple of weeks and then go back to their pro teams and they're in the swing of things. So it's easy. But, you know, for Adrian, he's flying across the pond back and forth just to, you know, have a chance to make it. Yeah, there are a lot of New York. Guys. That flight to New York is just as long as the flight from New York. No, it's terrible. Yeah. I, did it, yeah. I did it the other day. It sucks. I, yeah, it, it, you never. And it's not. Some flights are good. Some flights are bad. It's never a lock. I, was he your best player, or is there guys that are like and not to pick and choose your homies, but like you know what I'm saying? Is he, is he was he yeah. the top guy, or is or is there he, other guys in your team that were paramount? Yeah, I would say our well, you know, our two best players were probably you know, Papa and Adrian. Um, Papa is by far Nico's Papa Nicolau. We call him Papa. He's uh, a there you go. Gen- yeah, love a that. Love that. generational talent. I mean, I'm so fortunate to not only have become friends with him, but to play with him and see the things that he does. I, I mean, I've never seen a player that can literally play every position better than everyone else in the pool. Really? Um, yeah, he's just all around stud. And when you look at him, you're like, this guy is just a behemoth. Like he plays like it's a man amongst boys. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's going to have a really great career um, after college. And we're all looking to looking forward to watching him play. Is he younger um, than you? No, he's my age. So he's a part of my class. Adrian and uh, Papa are in my class, but he's not going, he's not going to the Olympics. Uh, well, he's actually leaving right now to train um, with the Greek national yeah. team. Yeah, tell him, tell him, dude. So, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, wow. That's there. You go, Toss. That's a yeah. fellow countryman. That's yeah. awesome. I, I, I would like him to play for America, of course, but that's still really cool. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's definitely challenging for him that he's entering into training, and Paris is right around the corner. Um, but you know. It is what it is. We're just hoping that he can make an impact. And if he doesn't make this one, I, I'm pretty confident that he can make the next. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want to I want to circle back to the championships. And Josh, yeah. you probably have more to ask about this as well. But I think I have a feeling that going into the second season, because you were underdogs in that first one, there was still that fire. There was still that we have a mission to do we need to go and now not only win the championship, but play this entire season and show everybody that we're the best team game in game out. 
after that second championship, were there times where you felt like in the off season before you got into the season that you specifically or other people on the team really had to like hold the guys together and be like, let's make sure that we are focused going into the season. Because I can imagine that you win two championships. You're the, you think that you're the best, you know, that you're the best. How can anyone knock you off? Right? Like you're at the highest point. And I know that like you trust the work, right? That's, that's what I imagine probably For sure. what's part of the answer is. And it's about that preparation. And once you have that preparation that breeds success, you can't get rid of that preparation. You can't just take it away. But were yeah. there times where you felt like the team needed to refocus and, and kind of remember like why you were doing this in the first place in that third year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think from an outside perspective, our, you know, first couple losses in the season, there was definitely chatter of like, oh, is Cal having a championship hangover? Like, do they not have it? Whatever. You know, there's always going to be doubts and people thinking that yeah, one loss is going to define a season, but I, th- I think from my perspective, a lot of us, when we first, when we took our first loss to UCLA in the beginning of the season at our uh, MPSF tournament invite, it that first loss to us kind of felt like four losses because mm. there are guys, like older guys on the team that were like, we know that we can accomplish something great, but we kind of had this mindset that was like, we want to win every single game and go undefeated. Cause yeah. we thought we could do it for sure. Mm-hmm. There are definitely obstacles that led to that not being possible, but uh, that was definitely the mindset going into the season. We wanted to dominate. We wanted to prove that we are the best and go down as one of the best teams ever. Um, but definitely to your point, there is like middle of the season when we took a couple losses where we had to refocus and be like, all right, you know, we can't let what just happened define the rest of our season and move forward. And to our credit, we took three losses to UCLA throughout the season, never beat them, and then we meet them in the championship. And honestly, yeah. that whole game we dominated. If people go back and watch, yeah, the score ended 13-11, but we were up 12-6 heading into the fourth, like midway through the third, somewhere around there. So most of the people that saw the game, they were like, this, this is just – a testament to this team's ability to dominate and be able to show everyone like we've been here before. Like this isn't, yeah. this isn't no sweat on our back. There's no pressure. Like now it's just time to go out and ball. So yeah, it, it worked out. And I think that was probably the best way that we could have ended things, regardless of the fact that the score wasn't how the game really played out. Um, but I think t- towards the end, a lot of us were just, trying to hurry up, put an extra goal, not to like pat stats, but we were just like, we just want to bury them, bury them, bury them. And and it was some counterattack goals and things switched, but it can be a game. It it can be a game of runs though. Right. Like if you're up by that much, you'll fall back a little bit and be, and be a little bit more on the defensive. I know you're saying talking about counterattacks, but it can get to a game of runs from what I've seen, you know, and and watching you also play in that, in the match I saw in the championship, like, you could get goals and you could start stacking them on kind of quickly. If your team gets hot, the game could change somewhat, you know, in an instant. Um, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know that like I, I heard it, I said it throughout that last championship, whenever we'd score, we'd look at our bench and be like zero, zero mm. score goal, zero, zero, like it's zero, zero, no matter what, like the whole time we were thinking to ourselves, it's zero, zero. And not trying to look up at the score and be like, Oh my God, like we're up by this much in the championship. Cause yeah, we've, we've experienced 
coming back by five. So when we were up by six, even though it may have appeared that we're comfortable, I don't think a lot of us were that comfortable. Yeah, I mean, you've been on the other end of it. I actually felt that he may have, you know, when you, what you were describing, Toss, I after winning your first one, going into the second one, like the sequel, like you almost have like, you know, a mulligan, even if it's not great. Like if you have a great first movie, like even if Hangover 2 wasn't going to be awesome, like it was going to be awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't yeah. really lose. You're going to like, all right, they didn't win the national championship. Fine. So be it. We didn't win that year. We still had it last year. Once you win the two, the pressure of the third is like is is imminent. Like I can't. I yeah. I would feel like there's more pressure well, on that third one because you then okay. All of a sudden, like we've done this twice. The targets on our backs. People want parity in this sport. You know, it's still a collegiate game. Like I know when pre, we were texting, you said there were some ref issues, Jake. You know, throughout the entire season, and I, I would have. And it's interesting because did the Pac-12 at all play into that? Like the dissolving of the Pac-12. Do you think that had a part in it? No, not necessarily, um, because we're even though part of the funds obviously from the Pac-12 comes down yeah. to us, we're actually in um, the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. Oh. So the water polo team is in our aquatics are kind of in like a separate or I shouldn't say aquatics because swimming is technically Pac-12s, but we're an MPSF. So it's our own federation, um, but it is Pac-12 schools that are all in it. Um, the top four programs in the country are in MPSF. So our conference tournament is almost like a preview to the national championship every year. Jesus. It's uh, top four teams are uh, us, UCLA, Stanford, and USC. And how, why do you pick Cal? Because it's close to home? Or is, did you feel like that was the best program? Obviously, it worked out for you. So Yeah, I I think there is definitely a, a lot of reasons why I chose Cal. I mean – I think uh, my mom wouldn't love to hear this, but I think yeah. being close to home was more of just an added bonus that she'd be able Sorry, to. Sorry, Lisa. Yeah, come to <laughs> come see all my games and whatnot. But I don't think that was a driving factor um, for me. I've just been influenced by Cal my whole life, um, even if I haven't really known it, because um, I played for La Mirinda, which was kind of a it was made by coaches and players uh, through the Cal uh, water polo program. So I've, I've been attached to it my whole life. My high school coach, actually, he, Russ Stryker, won three national championships and three-peated as well. I do so that's pretty, that. I do, yeah, I do, I do, pretty, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool that, like, I talked to him on the phone the other day. It's cool that, you know, the guy that influenced me and helped me develop in this sport was yeah, that's awesome. you know the last one to three peat at cal from 90 to 92 so mm. that's uh i definitely just throughout the whole time had a lot of influences going to cal and when i got down to choosing schools it was between ucsb ucla and cal um and i i think they just kind of got to the point where i knew the education is great there and the like rich history and the alumni support of the Cal water polo program. I kind of just felt like this was a family to me and it's the family I'm supposed to be a part of. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that I made that decision because it's done things for me that I can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't really stress enough to anyone, you know, to the listeners and to, to you toss, like it was a short, quick experience. I was literally only there for the championship game, but everybody knew each other. Like they real, it's such like a, the, fa, the use of the word family is so apt because it's, 
everybody knows each other. It's such a tight knit group. A lot of these guys and kids have been playing together for forever, whether you're playing against them now or so that community and that level of family, it's, it's, and that it's cool to hear, like, I'm sure your high school coach is proud like that, because like there's that, there is a, but that's, there's like that emotional connection to, he had the same experience. I'm sure you did with the tight knit community, the tight knit family. Right. Yeah. You know, like the, the hours are crazy. Like one of my, one of my best buds, he was a high school wrestler. And I, I kind of imagine it's somewhat similar to how rigorous the training is like swimming is not easy and you're in the pool and you're treading water. It's like a really tough sport. And so it's so physically demanding and uh, you're also in school so these are your brothers these are your college friends and these are your ride or dies and you're also going to battle with them versus like going out to the bars and sixth street you know it's a different kind of battle that we had to endure like this is like you know the battle that you have to do uh what's been your what's been your biggest lesson because this is it the sunset like you did your thing you won three and you know you're hanging up the not you guess you're hanging up the speedo would that be the is that what you guys yeah. say yeah <laughs> uh, or the, the cap the cap hanging up the cap mosquito uh what's your biggest lesson and I, i'm hoping this you know, I'll, i'm gonna ask you this in like five years because i'm hoping i'm curious to see if it changes. i don't want to hope it changes um but i'm curious to see if it does but what's your biggest lesson you've learned from water polo i think overall it's kind of just trot like it, it's so cliche to say but i think it's so true is just trusting the process because to your point about how hard this sport is, I mean, I went from a kid who could barely tread water to like now accomplishing this. And that's like kind of how you start. I mean, it's a little different. I'm not knocking other sports, but it's different from football where, you know, you're running and you're on land. It's like, it's familiar, but you're literally in a foreign environment in the water and you got to learn how to develop these skills. And I think, for me, just trusting myself and trusting the process and not letting other people influence where you see yourself going is like really crucial. Um, Cause you know, my whole experience was, you know, I've been told, you know, Oh, you can't do that. You can't do this. Oh, you're not that big. You're, you're not this, you're not that. And like, just like everyone else I'm sure has experienced and you kind of just got to put your head down, go to work and trust that things are going to fall into place. Because even when obstacles hit you, like COVID, for instance, you know, you're not you're not sure how to respond. But if you stay focused and you realize that there is light at the end of the tunnel, like things will fall into place. You just kind of mm. have to have that level like that level of trust and discipline in yourself for it to work out. I, well, I think I, it's cliche, I, but I don't think it's cliche enough, to be honest, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously. Like it, it matters. So I don't want to cut you toss, but just to no. quickly on, on the trust the process part. It seems chaotic and it seems like it's not working and it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel until all of a sudden there is. And then once things fall into place, the foundation that you've built all this time, your process propels what you're supposed to do and your success forward. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you definitely have times like every athlete does where you're just like kind of beside yourself. Like things aren't going well. You might not oh, be yeah. performing at the level you are. Yeah. It's like an, it's an end, endless cycle and you kind of just got to turn off your own like mental doubts and look to the point of, you know, I can do this and things are going to fall into place, but you can't let the noise get to your head. Cause that's only going to mess things up for you. And it's going to lead to, you know, your confidence going down. If you don't have confidence to play this sport, then it's just not going to work out. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's something that it's interesting because you mentioned like the distinction between the conferences and swimming be swimming being attached to the PAC 12. And we've talked to some, some swimmers on our show before and mm-hmm. even in the relay, right? Like it is a isolating sport and you play by mm. yourself, but in water polo, you have a team, you have your, your comrades, you know, your squad that you're with. Mm-hmm. I can, I can imagine how being in that foreign territory, being in water treading, uh, it's a lot easier when you have your brothers alongside you, you know, in, in comparison to swimming where it's kind of just like, I'm in my lane and I'm just going forward and then I'm going back and I'm just going forward. for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I think too, uh, just for kind of the whole scope of how people get involved in the water polo, at least from my perspective. And yeah, I know please. a lot of my teammates that are, uh, Americans, it can be different for foreigners, but you know, you start out and you're doing rec swimming and you kind of get to a point where I'm, I, I said to myself, I'm tired of staring at a black line. Like, I don't want to just swim. I want to yeah. play like a physical sport. And you know, some people will take the direction if they're really good at aquatics or a good swimmer, they have a strong foundation and they lean into water polo or they might go play football or another land sport. Um, but for most of my buddies and I that, you know, are from the U S we, we either had a brother that started playing water polo and you're swimming. You're like, well, I want to go do that. Cause that looks a lot more exciting, a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, some other people might take a different direction, but that's, that's typically how it goes for us. And I know I was watching my brother grow up, you know, playing a physical sport, you know, and I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom for the longest time was putting it off. Cause I think I told her at like five years old, I want to start playing, but Jesus, there's cause Tucker's, you know, five years older than me. So I started watching him play and I then got to the point at like seven years old where I was like, Oh mom, like I want to play. It's like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's dangerous. It's a physical sport, whatever. And then finally, she uh, she let me go out and play. And since there wasn't a 10U program, I was like a seven-year-old playing with 12Us and learning by getting beat up on. But yeah, iron sharpens iron, dude. Yeah, That's yeah, it. exactly. It, def- it definitely worked out. And even though I didn't play like fully till 10, those first three years on and off the summers and just getting a feel for it was really fun and you get to spend time with teammates and it's kind of just like a, you know, a football team, but in water, you know, you, you guys are with your dogs, you're playing, you're having fun. So, yeah, it was, it was Missy well, I, Frank. I, I had to look it up that no. she had said like on our, I was like, I was like, well, who was that swimmer we had? I should probably remember Cal Berkeley alumnus right. and five, five Olympic gold medals. Um, pretty, pretty accomplished, uh, female and, and just any athlete. Um, but she was saying like that mental difficulty of, of being alone, but like being, having your dogs, like you're saying, having your brother who loves who I can honestly, I want to give him crap, you know, as, as much as like the, that's in me to give him crap. He is, you know, he, he led your path and he also was incredibly supportive. Like he, 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 I, he may have jumped in the pool in the first, in the first go around, but he, or he almost did like, he was, uh, you know, just as happy or just as nervous as you guys were, you know, and it kind of always bringing back to like, sometimes family sacrifice, you know, for the collegiate athlete, for the greatness. And I think you could probably attest to that. Like a lot of people put in time to you, not just you yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I can't express, express enough, like how much it means to me to have Tucker and my mom with me throughout that whole process. Um, they were definitely the most supportive people for me. Um, Tucker, for sure, 
I'm I'm glad I I can say I'm I'm really glad that he beat up on me for so long to get me to toughen up and want to play this sport and get really competitive. Um, but yeah, like I I think my mom just kind of was there for anything that we needed, and that's for the whole team especially. I mean, our our whole Cal team has so much support from our families that are there giving from the smallest things of giving us food after the game to oh, does this kid need a ride, whatever. Sure. They're, they're like the reason that we are able to have such little stress when it comes to things outside of the water, because they're preparing things for us and helping us out. So definitely like for each of us, our families played a huge part in this whole progressive accomplishment. Um, and I think that, goes to the point of our program just being a family our, our coach always says and i i think we have like three or four hype videos now with this quote in it but for us like our team isn't a team it's a commitment to a lifelong program because as soon as i'm done like now that i'm out and i can't play for cal anymore i know i'll be in the stands i'll be forever a bear like rooting them on and if anything, I'll probably be more stressed in the stands because I can't affect anything that's going on in the water. Yeah. You know, as close to it. Yeah. Um, so I'll get to understand why Tucker's been so stressed all the time at our games, but it is a forever thing. Like we have alumni coming back to all of our games, sending us videos before the championship with words of inspiration, things to look out for, things to look forward to. So I think that that whole part of it, that family aspect of not only just the water polo community but especially at cal like it's very evident and you see it even if you're an outsider nice that's uh, yeah i mean really 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 well said um before we ask the final question we are hoop heads on this show and you are a warriors fan are you guys are you, are you guys cooked is it over should i toss made the joke earlier in, in pre-show about you know, Draymond maybe being good for this sport with the way he could swing his arms. You know, good for, you know that, good for know, water polo. Water polo that getting, better for water getting polo than he is for some nut shots under the water. Um, well, that guys... honestly, that was part of the reason why I asked that initial question is because, like, going into year three when you're winning the championship, like, you also, I, I imagine you had freshmen coming into the program, and it's like I mentioned that preparation. Everybody that's been on the team, who's whether they're sophomores or juniors at that point, like they've prepared to win a championship. They've put in that time during the season. They know what it's like, yeah. but you always have new blood coming in. That doesn't who probably yeah. feel like they're already a part of the family that you just mentioned. You're now really becoming a part of after graduating from Cal, but they're coming mm -hmm. in with that. Like we're the best. We're one of the four best programs in yeah. the country. Last year, our team was the best program in the country. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of the, the just, animosity and the frustration from Draymond in years past when dealing with Wiseman and Moody. And of course the punch at the beginning of the season on Jordan Poole last year was like, you, you got to deserve this, you know, and maybe to a, a point for him, that's actually crippling their team now, I think in a, in a, in some form or fashion, um, because he clearly like doesn't know when to get out of that headspace. And yeah, now he's hitting other players on opposite teams, which you just, you, you can't hit your own players and you certainly can't hit players even more so of the opposite team. But what do you, yeah, it, it's, are y'all, are y'all cooked or is it done? I, I mean, well, to, should you to trade the, Draymond? Like I, I can't, I, uh, to be honest, I'm such a big supporter of Draymond, but I think it's, uh, it's different because I know how the league is and I don't want to sound like a hardo, but I think the, 
the suspension of Draymond, you know, choking out Rudy, it's definitely valid, and I understand that. But okay. I'm glad you think that's valid. Yeah, no, it's for sure valid. <laughs> I just, I, for me though, and again, this is going to sound like I'm being a hardo, but coming from a physical sport where you can get away with things like that, like for me, that would fire me up. Like when I see a teammate of mine, like going after someone else defending me, like I, to me, that's like, that guy's got my back. Um, and that, I mean, I know that's not where the league is going in terms of the physicality aspect of it. And you can't fight like you could back in the nineties, but right. I, I think that it's, it's hard to just clear the chips and say that you're done with Draymond after how much he has done for that group. I mean, he is one of the best leaders on the team aside from Steph, obviously. And I, I think that you kind of just need to let things you know, settle down and hopefully it'll end up going into the direction they want it to. Um, But it's just, it's tough to say because I could make the argument of, Oh, when they beat the Celtics in 20, was that 2021, 2022, 2022, 2022. Yeah. You know, everyone was like, Oh, they're done. Like heading into it. They didn't think that they had it in them. They didn't think they were going to be able to pull out a win and they did. And I think that goes to the point of you being an older player, being able to put things together and figure it out, rally the troops, get guys to step up in big moments. So it's just a matter of performing it, but performing at a high level with a, a focus on what is most important. I think things like this can happen at the beginning of the season because everyone's foaming at the mouth to play and they're just all hyped up. And then some altercations can arise and get a lot more uh, out of hand. But yeah. Well, and I'm, I, say- I am I'm biased to Draymond, so I don't want to see him go. But I know there are reasons why people would want to let him go. Yeah. Well, we got to see what the he's going to get suspended longer, yeah, more games than sure. he was with the Rudy Gobert choke for sure. Well, it's yeah. just built on a. I, I think there ought to be a study that when you on what you said, Toss, um, of what it's like coming into a championship program, and you're not the guy that built it. I think I'm that just, yeah, I mean, is, I can imagine how make the I would make is really interesting. Yeah, I, I can I, imagine how I would be. I would, I would feel like I was hot shit. I'd be like, like, yeah, I'm walking in here and we're gonna cruise, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna add even more smoke to the fire. Like it's gonna be sick, and and then you get punched in the mouth. Really, hopefully not literally. not literally. Well, in water yeah. polo, it's it's kind of legal when you know under underneath the water. Who knows what happens? But Ugh. yeah, I, 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 the one thing, the one thing I want to say though about the Warriors is. And, and this is like the counter, right? And it's not just about Draymond. It's about Clay Thompson, who is not the same player as he was Struggling. two years ago. It's about Andrew Wiggins, who certainly is not the same player as he was in that series against Boston. He, he was the second best player on the Warriors in that entire series and that whole playoff run. But Steph Curry mm-hmm. might be playing better basketball now than he was two years ago, than he was four years ago, than he was yeah. eight years ago. And I think ultimately what a lot of people have criticisms of that are like, larger NBA fans, NBA historians is like, are we sacrificing Mm. what is going to be a top 10 player? What a lot of people already believe is a top 10 player, another chance for him to get there and our Draymond Wiggins and Clay Thompson. And you can't get rid of all three of them. Right. And you, and you, you probably can only get rid of one of them if you do. Um, but I, I think this might be a time where they finally move one of these guys. And I know that like Wiggins is a little more expendable, I would say in comparison to the core three who have won four championships together. Um, Mm -hmm. But their team isn't going to win the West right now. 
And it's not because those are the four guys on their squad. It's because they don't have enough size to compete with the Lakers or the Nuggets or the Timberwolves. Like it's just a personnel thing at this point. And it's, yeah, that's, I I don't understand. That's part of the reason why I didn't really understand them taking CP three. I mean, who's been solid, honestly, he's been solid. Yeah. He's been good. So that's why I don't really want to knock him, but I'm I'm with you, Jake. I don't get it. I didn't understand that. It's like, if you're going to go after a veteran player and you need him for leadership, can you at least get a veteran player that's big and can, Mm -hmm. you know, give Looney some rest every once in a while? Cause Looney is a stud and he played like last year when he played, I think it was every game or like a couple off. Like that guy is massive and he's going up and down the court and you're expecting him to play this huge role and you can't try to seek out a better big guy to either give him rest or take his spot. And he comes in off the bench, full of energy, full of experience. That's just, that part to me didn't really make a lot of sense, but it is what it is. And at this point it's, it's getting Look, too late to where they just need to figure yeah. it out. Looks like Bob got out at the right time. Yeah, yeah, God. Should have. They should have gotten. They should get Vooch from Chicago. Honestly, yeah. Once he's available. Um. All right, kid. This is it, man. We ask every single person who's been on our show this question. All right. Could be from you playing. Could be from you watching. Could be. Doesn't have to be water polo. Could be anything. Okay. What is your favorite sports memory ever? Yeah, that is a tough question. Um, <laughs> I know you I, got three pretty good ones, just by the way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go non water polo just to, because I can't really pick between those three. I was texting Josh about that. It's hard to, to pick your favorite because they're all good for their own reason. So, I'd say from a, a watching perspective, my favorite sports moment was probably. I would I would say the the Steph bang the original against OKC when he hit that three and you hear like the Steph from deep bang bang yeah. that's probably hands down one of my favorite sports moments. Um, but then I would say the the c- close second would be uh, Chris Davis running back the the hundred yard uh, missed field goal to kick beat, six. To, yeah, the kick six. Kick six is great. Bama. That's wow. one of my favorites. I've just seen I've seen that in so many like sports montage best moments where yeah. I, yeah. I that's just incredible. Wasn't so wasn't the the Steph sh- that wasn't that was a regular season game. Yeah, regular nerd. No, yeah, it was it end was. of the regular season. Yeah. I remember watching that game and because he hit the one that he hit where you're talking about where Breen where where he makes the call is He's like he's like thirty seven feet away from the basket. Yeah, he's like, on, like he's so like Vietnam, hard. like all and, the yeah. way. Almost, and they like, were the down, and they came back, and like I remember watching that. I don't know if it was we were in college, Josh, and yeah, I don't remember if we were like going out and we were pre gaming or something. But I remember like we got glued to the TV. We were like something's happening. You could because you can just feel it, the magic when that guy starts. Oh yeah, when he starts going, and he put <laughs> he let that one fly, and you're just like, there's no way it's not going in. And I think. Yeah, that didn't win it, right? That took it to OT and then they won it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They went yeah. To, I think they went to OT. That I mean, watching Steph is incredible. And I think for a, a Bay Area kid to be able to watch him is one of the coolest things ever. Especially because me personally, I remember complaining when we got rid of Monte Ellis. I'm like, what are we doing? And now I'm like, Thank <laughs> God we got rid of him. Monte yeah, was a beast, was, dude. Monte was a beast. I don't blame yeah, you know, but it's again, he's such a process guy. Not yeah. the biggest, not the fastest, not the strongest. 
he got to where he wasn't the highest recruited player, despite like the level of nepotism of being Dell Curry's son, he really didn't reap the benefits like a normal person would. For that, sure, right? like Bronny James right now. No, like, not even yeah. close. Like, so yeah. he has that, but he didn't reap the benefits necessarily. He is truthfully a complete process guy. So yeah. he's the type of guy that trusted his process. And I'm sure you could ask him. There are a lot of times where there was no light at the end of the tunnel until there was. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Love that guy. Well, dude, honestly, you're probably our guest that I'm most proud of. So good, <laughs> <laughs> good job, man. It's uh, it's crazy. Again, to take it back to the top, we were sneaking you into Tasta's Siga branch party our junior year. And you, I don't you think know. it was our party. Let's say it wasn't. How about that? Uh, getting, <laughs> now we're saying and getting, 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 getting you drunk and I think, you know, it, was SAE. I think it was an SAE party. You having yeah. good, having good laughs, you know, but you know, you obviously weird, you weirdly didn't seem 14 at the time. So I'm not taking too much flack from it. Um, yeah. But to see what you've accomplished now, it's, it's crazy. A three Pete's nuts. One is, one is unbelievable. So three is three is a serious accomplishment. And I'm excited to see where you take the lessons you've learned and how you apply them to your future. Cause I'm sure, you know, you'll take that championship pedigree everywhere you go. Jake stone. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Toss. Always a pleasure, brother. Thank you guys. We are the charity strap at your free throws. Cause they're free. We out you. We love you. And now this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the charity strike podcast with your host, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.